Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. If you use a smart speaker, you can always ask Alexa to enable the SOS radio skill. Have you ever noticed that some of the things that just set us off can have the potential to ruin our entire day or they can go deeper into our own soul? We call those triggers. And we're talking about those today on SOS Radio. We're talking with author and pastor Steve Carter. How are you, Steve? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. You know, there's this beauty and brokenness that we all deal with in our world, and we want everything just to be around us. But when it gets inside, that's when it gets dicey, huh? It is, you know. And in Romans 7.15, Paul says, I do not understand what I do, which I think is an okay thing to say, but it just doesn't work to say that in my marriage. Like, hey, I don't understand why I did what I did. I don't understand. And the next sentence in Romans 7.15 is beautiful because he says, the good I want to do, I just don't do, but the thing I hate, I do. And when we can't understand what triggers us, we're going to do things we don't understand. We're going to live in a way that's not what God intended for us. And I think it takes courageous curiosity for us to get to the thing beneath the thing, to understand why we do what we do. So when it comes to triggers, how do we identify what our triggers actually are? I mean, there's those things that annoy us. There's those things that make us get angry, but sometimes it's something deeper. Yeah. My counselor will just say, whenever you get hysterical, it's most likely historical. And so if you find yourself just getting ramped up, getting defensive, getting you know very, very angry or frustrated, just kind of be aware of that. And I get really, really curious. Like, what happened in my story? What happened maybe in my childhood? Where else have I experienced this? I remember a long time ago, my wife, I was telling her that someone that I worked with just did it again, like had minimized me in a conversation, in a meeting, and I was frustrated. I was looking for a little spousal backup. And and she just said, isn't God so kind? And I was like, what do you mean God's so kind? And she's like, God's so kind that he keeps bringing people in your life who reminded you of someone who deeply wounded you. And until you have the courage to honor that truth, you're going to keep getting frustrated and angry. But what if this is an invitation to actually get whole and holy? And so triggers for me aren't something that I get shamed about or frustrated about. Now I get curious about going, God, what do you want to heal inside of me so that I can become the person you want me to be? It's so wild how we have this default response when things just go gnarly in our life. And we're talking with Steve Carter. He's a pastor, an author, and a speaker. Steve, a minute ago, we were talking about when there's those triggers in our life. We want to identify those things that just trigger us, to those triggers that just kind of make us go crazy. And it's interesting in your book, you talk about how there's a typical response that we have in health, and there's a typical response we have in unhealth when you get triggered. Yeah, you know, and there's a great formula, a leadership formula been adopted by a number of college football teams and it's e plus r equals o and it's events plus response equals outcome and the truth is we don't control the events that happen to us the only thing that we control is our response and our response will determine the outcome now we can react and i have unhealthy reactions but every time we react we're just reenacting the past Or we can choose to respond in a biblical way, in a more healthy, whole and holy way. And that's going to create an entirely different outcome. And so that's the thing I'm trying to help people get at is going, if you ever wonder why you do what you do, I'm telling you, 
when you begin to get to the thing beneath the thing, God wants to heal, restore, renew, so that you can make better decisions and better choices. Now, Steve, your new book's called The Thing Beneath the Thing, and that's sort of an acronym. It is. So triggers is the T. That's the setup that's going to set you off. And being a pastor for 20 plus years, I have discovered that the majority of people go to one to four places when they get triggered. Uh, the first place that they often go to is age hideouts, and that's the places that they go to a, to escape the pain of their story. And this could be socially acceptable ways, food, it could be socially unacceptable ways, and there's a whole laundry list of things that we see in our culture. The second place that a lot of people go to is I insecurities. And this is when we get triggered, we start to create false stories about ourselves. It's like those old tapes start playing again and again, like you did it again. I'll never be as good as your sibling. Why are you such a screw up? Like you hear these phrases over and over again. Or the third place that many of us go when we get triggered is we go to narratives. And these are the false stories we create about others. And so we see this online. We see this when people get triggered and they just start kind of saying, man, all of these people are like this. And we're seeing people just create and craft false narratives that looks for what divides us and not what unites us in Christ. And then the fourth place that I see the healthiest people lean into is to grace and when they get triggered. And I'm not talking about the grace that you receive that gets you into heaven. I'm talking about how John Wesley, famous pastor and scholar, he talked about three stages of grace. And the third stage was called sanctifying grace. And this is that grace that is that ongoing process of God's spiritual power that makes us whole, holy, and spiritually healthy. You know, the Apostle Paul talks about how we have to take every thought captive. And I think one of the biggest things that we as guys don't think about is that it's actually possible to do that. But we just think like, oh, it's so hard. I don't know how I'm supposed to control my thoughts and put them under the authority of Jesus. How do we learn to take every thought captive, Steve? Well, one, I think I just interrogate my thoughts. Like, where did that come from? If you go back to the book of Proverbs, you know, Solomon's writing to his son and he's saying, hey, above all else, you got to guard your heart for everything flows from it. I'm a basketball player. Like, I love the game of basketball. And so when I hear that word guard, I think of someone who's like willing to lock up and defend. And you're guarding your heart. You're guarding what lands in your heart. You're guarding what you are stewing on in your heart because you recognize everything is going to flow. And that word flow in Hebrew is the word tosah, and it means like everything originates and generates from this space and place. And so for me, it's like I go back to, okay, what have I been putting into my brain? What have I been putting into my heart? What have I been allowing to land here that's negative, that's broken, that's, that's not God's best? And the more that I can begin to guard my heart, the better off I can be at taking every thought captive. We're talking with Steve Carter today at SWS Radio. We're talking about the thing beneath the thing. And Steve's an author. He was a former lead teaching pastor at Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago. Steve, a lot of us have worked with people through the years who love God, and they work hard to seek and honor Him. But then something happens, and then there's something beneath the surface that takes root. And eventually, that temptation or that unhealthy thing, it always comes out. Now, Steve, you work with one of the largest churches in the world, 
and you were the successor after an amazing leader was fired. I mean, nobody wakes up and says, hey, today I'm going to make a destructive decision that's going to end my career. But where do we get from there to here when we think like I would never do something? And then you find years later that the people saying that often do those things. How does that start to take root? Well, you know, I think that sometimes our success can far outpace our character. For us, especially in ministry, for us as as Christ followers, we have to be relentless in having our character lead the way. And we have to take an honest inventory of our life and look at the places in our story where, man, I got to do some work here. I used to live in Chicago for many, many years. And if you've ever driven in the city of Chicago, you know that they have a pothole problem. <laughs> There's <laughs> potholes everywhere. And they actually even have a number that you can call to report a pothole. It's, it's pretty wild. But I found this interesting stat that from January 1st, 2018 to March 21st, 2018, they filled in 108,000 potholes. And oftentimes, you know, the truth is like water freezes, it expands listeners in Northern Arizona and Utah, they know this and potholes are created, but the city will go out and they'll just see that the pothole is created by inclement weather, throw some asphalt on, move on to the next. But sometimes there's something that's happening underneath the surface. Maybe there's some erosion, maybe there's some leaky sewage pipes, but something has caused this pothole. And if they don't deal with the thing beneath the thing, that pothole will become a sinkhole. And in 2016, that's what happened in the city of Chicago, an entire street gave way. Millions of dollars of damage was done. Here's the whole kind of analogy for me is this, is that every one of us has potholes from the pain, the trauma, the wounds of our past, the things that were said unto us, and the things and choices that we went after. And until we have the courage and the curiosity to go after them, our potholes will someday become sinkholes, and they won't just affect us. They'll affect the people that we love the most or the people that we've been entrusted to lead or to serve or to pastor or minister to. And so this book is helping people get to the potholes before they become sinkholes so that you can learn to address the thing beneath the thing and learn to become whole, holy, and spiritually healthy. Steve, you have a chapter in your book. It's called When Identity Becomes Insecurity. Talk a little bit about that, because I think a lot of times in our work, we don't realize that our identity gets sucked into that. And we think, yeah, I'm serving God and I'm doing the work and I'm telling people about him and I'm trying to live with integrity. But then you realize that you're really chasing money or you're chasing the power or you're chasing the influence or you're chasing all the awards and the accolades. You know, when does identity become insecurity, Steve? Kind of the way that I think about it is you will live with integrity to where you find your identity. And so if your identity is grounded in you are a son or a daughter of the beloved most high God, you're going to live with integrity to that. But if your identity is maybe messaged in grace and messaged in love, but truly found in shame, or you're not good enough, or insecurity, you're going to live with integrity in that. And we know that we struggle with insecurity because when we find ourselves getting triggered, it's that setup that sets us off. And for many of us, the faulty thinking, the negative thinking, the thing that maybe a coach or a parent or a sibling or a friend or someone who that we loved said to us out of their brokenness has just stuck. 
And somehow we've actually chosen to believe that lie over the fact that God sent a son for us, over the fact that God put his unique image within us, that he gave us a purpose. And so what ends up happening is that for many of us, we might say, I follow Jesus, but really we're living our life grounded in shame or insecurity. And what this book is trying to help people do is to identify that and then come under the right commanding officer, the right voice that should be the loudest in our life, rather than the voices of self-condemnation or the voices of evil and pain that were spoken into our life. Because if we go down that path, the decisions that we make for ourselves and for others aren't going to be the ones that are going to lead to the most flourishing life. You know, in our church world, we sure don't do a great job honoring those that finish well, huh? We're talking with Steve Carter today at Eswis Radio. And he's an author and a pastor, actually has a new book called The Thing Beneath the Thing. But Steve, when the Apostle Paul wrote Second Timothy, it was right near the end of his life before he lost his life. And he said, you know, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Steve, when you talk about finishing that race well, what should that practically look like? It's just average people who are just trying to get by in this world? It's a great question. You know, I, every weekend I get done teaching at a different church across the country. I walk to my car and I just simply say, I'm one weekend closer to finishing well. I want to finish well. My youth pastor growing up, Hal, he used to always tell me, Steve, I don't care how talented you are. I don't care how gifted you are. But there's only one thing that takes seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, seasons, years, decades to gain and seconds to lose. And that's your integrity. And to finish well means to keep your integrity. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but it means that when you do mess up, you can quickly say, I was wrong. It means that you're trying to be someone where your character leads the way, where you're trying to say what you mean and mean what you say, while you're not afraid to look at those potholes in your story because you know you know that they can become sinkholes that affect others. And you want to be the kind of person that says, I know I got potholes, but I'm trusting that God's grace can literally make me more whole and holy and that you are doing your work to kind of prevent yourself from self-sabotage or pain, not just for yourself, for those that you love the most. Yeah, and you had to face that firsthand. I mean, you were offered your dream job, something that you had been working for for decades. And you get this platform and you get this opportunity. There's a lot of amazing influence that goes with that, but it just wasn't sitting right. And you talk about how, and for you, integrity was one of those things. It was like, this isn't sitting right here because it's not sitting right with my integrity in the situation that it's happening in. You know, August 2018, it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in my life. And circumstances that I didn't see coming with a mentor that I loved, a congregation that I loved. And I just realized I couldn't play with people's trust. I never had spoken to a larger room. I had more influence, more opportunity, was paid the most I've ever been paid. But at the end of the day, none of that's worth your integrity. And I think every one of us has to get to that point to say, man, Jesus, I want to abide and remain and live for you. Doesn't mean I'm going to do it perfectly. I haven't done it perfectly. What it does mean is at the end of the day, when I am given the opportunity to compromise, I'm going to choose you. 
I don't know if you know the cadet's prayer, but my uh, grandfather's buried at, at West Point. And the cadet's prayer, every cadet who goes to West Point has to memorize this prayer. And, and inside the prayer, there's this line that has just rocked me. It says that we will be committed to the harder right over the lesser wrong. And I think that's what I'm begging the church, to be committed to the harder right over the lesser wrong. So good. That's the best definition of finishing well that I've ever heard. <laughs> but it's hard to see in the day in and day out, right? Because we're not thinking right. about eternity. We're not thinking about retirement. We're just thinking about what's next and where the goals are that you're checking off and working up and climbing that ladder, right? It's so true. you know. And, and somehow for me, I just had to bring it to what I can control. You know, ever since my son Emerson was two years old, most nights when I put him to bed, right before, uh, you know, we say our prayer, we talk about the highs and lows from our day, I'll end with a question, did you have integrity today? You know, when he was two or four or eight, you know, he'd look back and be like, I think I did, Dad, what about you? And I'd say, I think I did too. And, and we'd just say good and say goodnight and go on our way. And I'll never forget just in the moment when I felt my body wanting to compromise, but my heart saying, you can't, I kept thinking about what if my son asks me, dad, did you have integrity today? And I knew that if I compromised, I'd have to look him in the, the face and say, I didn't have integrity today. Or I would have had to lie. And I didn't want to lie to my son. And so for me, just knowing that and my life is leaving a legacy or an example for my son and it made that decision so much easier because I didn't want him to have to ask me that question and I didn't want to have to lie. I wanted him to ask me that question and for me to say, I think I did. And for him to say, I bet you did. And truth be told, when I resigned my position from Willow, my son that night asked me, Dad, did you have integrity today? And I said, I think I did. And he said, I bet you did. And I, I say that because for me, that's, that's the most important, my kids and my wife and the work that I do to get to the thing beneath the thing is preventing me from my potholes becoming sinkholes that affect them and affect my, and the way that God wants to use me and his kingdom. And so for any of you listening, I just hope that you would be the kind of person who continues to choose the harder right over the lesser wrong, continues to fight for your integrity and character to lead the way and that you're relentless to get after the thing beneath the thing. Thanks for downloading the SOS radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through SOSradio.net or inside the SOS radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh.